What will be some of the biggest changes going into this upcoming season? Mark Williams growing defensively. What is Miles Bridges going to come back to that is so different from the last time he played? We'll discuss all of that today on Locked On Hornets. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free. We're available anywhere you get your podcast. And you can also find us on YouTube. That's Doug Branson. Find him on his Substack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. You can listen to me on WFNZ every weekday from 12 to 3 by listening to Wes and Walker. Doug, I saw you in the comments section yesterday. I look very bland compared to your Muggsy Bogues t-shirt and your Charlotte Hornets hat. I liked your comment where someone said, Doug, fire shirt. You said, thank you. I win every day that Walker doesn't pull out the MF Doom shirt. Um, uh-huh. This one is definitely one that you win because I have to be professional and go to ACC Media Days and look boring. So, Oh, this is awkward. I didn't know you also read the comments. <laughs> I did. I did. I read that one. Yes. <laughs> well, anytime I see the Lockdown Hornets logo respond, I will, uh, I'll see that notification. I'm not I'll afraid. Click. No. I am not afraid to chop it up in the comments. So if you put something in there, just be warned. Do you see that man? Does that look like a man that is afraid to you? <laughs> look at that guy. This guy w- is willing to fight an orangutan with a sword for you. That's what this guy is willing to do. Orangutan. Orangutan. Uh, let's talk about Mark Williams, Doug, because I'm excited yeah. about what he could do. Th- this is actually, here we are talking about the 50-50 propositions. It's been a theme on what the Hornets are banking on. We don't think it's a good idea to rely on every one of those things going towards the positive. I do feel good about Mark Williams entering his second year and that hitting that guy just growing because you expect a first round rookie who played well once he got rotation minutes and got 25 minutes to even 30 minutes a game in that last stretch that he played at the end of the season. Mark Williams defensive numbers, according to basketball index, they met the eye test. Uh, These things, these numbers were sensational. You have the profile pulled up here on YouTube, Doug, if you want to share the, uh, for the people what some of those numbers are, because if you look at the interior defensive numbers, the grades and the percentiles, he's not anywhere below the 70th percentile. That's a good thing for a lot of these rim deterring interior defensive metrics. And there's nothing less than a B grade, multiple A pluses. What what stood out to you? Well, I think the the thing that he grades highest in is percentage of rim shots contested and rim contest per 75 possessions. That's 95th and 98th percentile. And I think they do, this is basketball index, I think they do these grades based on position. So you're only talking about one to three players at his position that were better at contesting the percentage of rim shots contested and the rim contest per 75 possessions. And, you know, I don't think he fouled a lot either. So it wasn't as if he was just going crazy and taking himself out of games. Uh, Mark Williams is a very smart player, very smart rim protector. You know, that's his intelligence on the defensive end is great. But mm-hmm. I'm also impressed with his intelligence offensively around the rim. He just doesn't turn the basketball over. His finishing numbers are are actually pretty good. I think he grades out as a B-plus finisher with basketball index. And he just doesn't make a lot of mistakes close to the rim. And the Hornets haven't had a player like that in a, that makes this big of an impact with this little mistakes 
They haven't had a player like that in a very long time. Yeah, Mark Williams, Not all, he loves the powerful dunk. We saw some fun highlights there, but he finishes with finesse too. He's got great touch around the rim, and we saw that on display a lot last year. Going back to the defensive side of things, the per 75 possession stats are Mark's friend. You talk about the rim contest. How about his blocks per 75 possessions? He's got an A in that one. He's in the 92nd percentile. And if you look at rim points saved per 75 possessions, he's in the 94th percentile and he grades at an A there. It it meets the eye test, Doug. I mean, you see Mark Williams is in the brain of the guards that drive in the paint and they feel his presence and then they have to kick out. They just, you you have to think and go to plan B if you're a guard and Mark Williams is in there somewhere. And the fact that his minutes where they were, I think they, I did this yesterday. I think it was like 25 minutes per game when he got into the rotation after Mason Plumley was traded. And then that jumped up to 30, 29, something like that. When he came back from his thumb injury for that little stint, Mark Williams giving you that many minutes per game right from the get-go on top of him just being so smart anyway. It's the thing I've referenced a lot. He always finished better at a stretch of basketball than he began every single time, whether it was in college, freshman year, sophomore year, preseason, summer league, regular season. It's, it's funny, man. You literally can go back to every stretch of basketball that Mark Williams played in the public, and he finished better than where he started which is fantastic. I expect him to hit the ground running this upcoming season, another offseason with Steve Clifford. And you're right, Doug, his intelligence, when you are that big and you have that long of a wingspan, really, if if you're smart, you're, you're almost fail-proof. I mean, I mm-hmm. guess you could just be so soft that everybody can just back you down and you can't do anything about it. But even then, even if you were the softest player in the world, and I don't think Mark Williams is that, you're borderline fail-proof if you're that smart and you're that big and mobile. No, and his, his defensive uh, rebounding metrics and offensive rebounding metrics look really good as well. Um, you know, A's and B's across the board. The box-out rate at C+, though, I think that's uh, not surprising to me. I think he's got to be more physical on the box-outs. Mm-hmm. He's got to get more involved down there to, to soak up even more rebounds because I think he uses his length a lot to get to to get to basketballs that maybe some other guys can't but you can't always rely on that length because this every year we just get more and more players with wingspans that look uh, similar to Mark Williams so you can't rely on that all the time you got to be physical as well when you're down low and so that's something I look at for for him to improve upon and then just contextually when you look at these numbers you have to understand they do come a majority of them do come after the hornet season was pretty much over and as as Jason Tatum uh, so eloquently explained to us in the last episode when he was dumping <laughs> on the Hornets you know I don't think I don't think a ton of teams you know maybe came into Charlotte Jason Tatum did but I don't think a ton of teams came to Charlotte or faced Charlotte at their home arena with as much enthusiasm as they may have faced some other teams and so I'll be interested to see what these numbers look like as Mark Williams he doesn't have to worry about you know, going to Greensboro, he doesn't worry have to worry about who he's competing with for minutes. His his slot is now secure. How does he, you know, how does he compete when he's facing off against the best talent, the 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 first string talent, night in and night out? 
Um, I'm confident he's up for the challenge, but mm -hmm. that is the context that we have to lay here as we look at these numbers that are that are genuinely eye popping. Yeah, no, they are. I mean, they're they're monster numbers. And speaking of Jason Tatum in this thread that kind of showcased these numbers a little more so on Twitter at Hoops Drive has a great thread on Mark Williams. One of the clips, it's Mark on the perimeter in an ISO situation defending Jason Tatum and not allowing Jason Tatum to get anything he wants. And it's a long possession. It seems like about an eight second long possession of ISO basketball where it ends with Tatum having to dish it off to somebody. And then PJ Washington comes over from one side of the paint over to block a shot. But Mark Williams holds Jason Tatum there and it's a fantastic perimeter possession. He has that ability as well. So yes, you have the great interior defense, the numbers, as you mentioned, genuinely eye popping, but he is not without a skill set the further away he gets from the basket. We saw the block that he had on Trey Young that he leaked out into transition, and it was a monster play. It's one of the biggest plays that he had last year. Yeah, I I'm excited to see where Mark Williams is going to go in year two. Well, let's just put it like this. If the metrics that we've just looked at here from Basketball Index, if they do hold when he becomes the starter, when he is the starter, for the first half of this next season, I mean, you're looking at a potential all-star. And if they, if, even if they, if they just expand slightly, you're looking at a potential all-star. If he comes in and all of a sudden can shoot threes, <laughs> I mean, you're looking at a guaranteed all-star. <laughs> like it's, it's crazy. I mean, but, but will these numbers hold? And you have to also consider the fact that he is coming off that thumb injury, an injury that required uh, a procedure to fix you know, how much of, of the summer did that cost him? How healthy is he right now? There will que The questions that we'll get answers to as we get into kind of September and, and get closer to camp. Uh, but you look, the future's bright for that guy. There's no doubt about it. Uh, looking at that play, by the way, where he blocks Trey Young and LaMelo, it's just hot potato pass for Mark to go out and transition. Uh, what That combo, that that's the thing to get excited about. It's been doom and gloom for us. Apologize a little bit. We're telling you our real feelings. But that stuff right there gets us excited. There Lamello are glimmers of hope. Play. Look, I mean, yeah. I, I watched uh, P.J. Washington's 43-point performance against Oklahoma City on March 28th of last year. I watched the highlights from that. I mean, there's there's some genuine expansion of his offensive game that happened last season. Other teams didn't see that enough to give him a contract, obviously. But there are there's glimmers of hope there. LaMelo, the way he played, you know, in that like around the all-star break heading into that final ankle fracture, like that period of LaMelo ball was like legitimate, maybe all NBA kind of talent there that you were seeing blossom, you know, way too late in the season, obviously. But, uh, you know, there are glimmers of hope all over mm -hmm. this team. It's the, the, the gloom part, I think, is not when we're doom and gloom. It's not that we're doom and gloom about the players that are on this roster right now. I think our gloom comes from the fact that this organization doesn't seem to understand that you have to add to that if you legitimately want to compete in the Eastern Conference. And I'm glad, by the way, threads like this are are getting Mark Williams' name out there. I mean, this thing has close to 900 likes, you know, so it can get well over a thousand. It, it's you know going mini viral, if you will, within NBA community where Mark Williams is so forgotten about when you talk about Walker Kessler and Jalen Duran, Mark Williams is in that conversation. It, Walker well, Kessler, because he didn't, because he wasn't yeah. featured early in the season. Sure. That's really the, had he been sure. But, but I think there's a real question of whether he, these numbers would be as eye popping if he were forced to go out there and be the starter from day one. I don't think these numbers would quite, you probably, these numbers sure. would probably be closer 
to what you see from Jalen Durant than they would be. So I think it was actually a good move. Let him get some seasoning. Then he gets these eye-popping numbers, confidence. You build onto that going into next season. I think it was the right way to handle it. Yeah, his minutes were handled correctly. These numbers are good. I mean, yeah, it, 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 this is the thing to be excited for. All right, let's talk more about the Charlotte Hornets coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. What are the biggest changes? We talked about Mark Williams, that potential being a big change. Is that going to affect Miles Bridges as he starts to explore a new landscape here with the Charlotte Hornets after having a year off from the NBA after, of course, being arrested, turning himself in? We'll get to that in just a moment. But first, I did want to tell you about FanDuel. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. You can take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. More Locked On Hornets coming up next. Is Locked On Hornets. Adam Silver had Ahmad Rashad up on stage and he used his phone to like body scan Ahmad Rashad. And then they like inserted a, like a digital version of Ahmad Rashad into the highlight. And wow. so I'm looking at this and going, just fix my league pass. I don't want to be in a highlight. I would just like to actually watch the highlight without my application logging me out, freezing, dropping all of the time. Fix my league pass before you insert me in the game, please and thank you. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Uh. Is that your favorite? You like the NBA league pass bump. Uh, well, it's it's me at my rantiest. My my, you know, they call Doug me Ransom. Doug Ranson for a reason. Um, it's me at my rantiest. I mean, nothing gets me more angry. People think that you know this front office gets me the angriest, but it's not true. <laughs> it is league pass. League pass. Uh, sure they're they're right just tripping that. over themselves. They have an opportunity here. <laughs> Bally's is completely failing. The NBA, all of these leagues have an opportunity to provide a better product, and year after year, consistently, they decide, nah, forget it. We're mm-hmm. not even going to try. We're not even going to attempt to make this thing any better. We might, we might make it cheaper. That's nice, but it won't be any better. Uh, no, I, but I was actually laughing at the cringiest part of that bump is me deciding in the middle of that to say the entire word application. <laughs> Like, instead of just saying app, I just decide to say application. It's just a very weird decision by me in the middle of the Well, I think that, I think in some of those moments, you need time to think about what you're going to say next, and application just rolls off the tongue. (laughs) So it's a nice buffer. And so you sound nerdy. Yeah, and you're just buying time to move on to whatever thing you want to rant about next. And so application, application, NBA application. (laughs) Okay, let's move on. Um, Mark Williams. Having the big growth we expect him to have in year two. We also talked about big differences for Miles Bridges when he comes back because he's such a big part of this team. Mar- Mitch Kupchak told you that, um, man, right before the draft, right before the season ended, too. He said, I'll let you uh, figure out how much Miles Bridges meant to this team. They brought him back on the qualifying offer. So who knows how long he's going to stick around with this squad. But the year before, he was a part of a 
40 win team. They got to the play in tournament. He was a fringe all-star. He was the team's leading scorer. And so of course it's going to be a big loss. So when he comes back, a couple of things change, Doug, you have Gordon Hayward, who is, I guess now what a couple years older. It's, it's been a long time since he's played basketball. So Gordon Hayward's older, maybe Gordon Hayward and Mitch and miles bridges aren't necessarily swapping in and out for one another. And when they do play together, Gordon Hayward might not be playing as many minutes. PJ Washington's not on the team right now. Like that could be a, a pretty big change. Um, and Mark Williams to me, I think is a big one. I just think when you have somebody like Mark Williams, a player that the Hornets have been looking for, for so long, I wonder if you're not asking miles to protect the rim as much. Remember they, they asked him to do that quite a bit alongside PJ Washington offensively. I think there's going to have to be some growing pains with, uh, with miles because he's a guy that if you get him in space and you get him downhill, he's a real problem. I think that's when he's at his best because he's so strong. He can finish above the rim. So when he gets momentum, it's really hard to stop him. And then he can make plays off of that. So, Stretching Mark Williams out a little bit to short corners opposite of Miles, bringing him to the elbow, a little Mason Plumlee-esque. I think those are going to be some ways to manufacture space for Miles Bridges. But P.J. Washington on the bench and Mark Williams in the lineup, that's it, going to limit some space a little more so. I, I do think with, with him being such a different archetype player than the Hornets have had in quite some time, I think that's going to be one of the biggest differences that Miles has. And of course, hello, we can start with the head coach, Steve Clifford, who's never played for. <laughs> I know he's going to walk into the locker room. You know, like sometimes you watch a television show and they'll replace somebody with another actor. All of a sudden you go, oh, wait, that's just kind of the same guy, but it looks a little bit different. That's that's weird. That's going to be Miles going into the locker room and being like, no, you're not. Wait, are you? You're not James Borrego, are you? Uh, and it's going to be a, di a slightly different style, different dem demands from Steve Clifford. I don't yeah. think that uh, he'll quite get away with as many of the falling asleep on the back cuts and the defense that he got away with under Borrego. I think there will be more demands on him defensively from Steve Clifford. And Miles might contend, if he does continue to do that, he might contend for the player that makes Steve Clifford put his hands on his knees most in the season. Like last season that went to like Kai Jones, maybe, maybe PJ Washington frustrated him. It was Jeremy. I remember Jeremy lamb won that award probably in, in Clifford's final. Oh, year. no question. No question about it. <laughs> so who will win the award this year for uh, really making Steve Clifford question why he's still coaching in the NBA? Uh, Miles might contend for that. Uh, but, yeah, there will be a number of changes. I mean, if you look at that roster that that he was a part of in 21-22, uh, that was a team that was top 10 in the league in offensive rating. Can they get back there? That would be a huge jump because last season, we get the context, injuries, but also offensively, a lot of players took steps back. And so can they get back, you know, from really being the worst or one of the worst offensive teams in the league? back to a top 10 offense, that's going to be a big change. And then, you know, Mason Plumlee, your center, as you said, going from Plumlee to, to Mark Williams is a huge change. I think it could help Miles in that there might not be as many, those defensive mistakes that he does make, and this does, just doesn't go for Miles. I mean, when you have a center like Mark Williams who can do as much disrupting at the rim as he can do, that's just going to cover up a lot of issues that you may have with other players but Miles, I think, will still be called upon at times with Gordon Hayward to guard the best wing. 
Um, so, you know, that responsibility will still be there, but you've got a little bit more of a Band-Aid than you had in 21-22 when you were dealing with Plumlee, Montrez Harrell, who wasn't doing much disrupting at the rim, and then Nick Richards, who in that year was famous for the old, you know, be in the game for three minutes and then get the old rug pull. <laughs> That's that not, but he's going to be, he's waking up to a different Nick Richards too. And Nick Richards that is a yeah. legitimate center in the league now and somebody that you can count on to do some good things for you when you have him on the floor. Yeah. Uh, Vernon Carey also huge victim to just being thrown in for three minutes and then, all right, PJ, you go in there, but no PJ didn't start, but he was playing after three minutes. Yeah. I do think some of those are going to be the biggest differences. The good news is there is some similarities here and it's the, the most important similarity that you have is LaMelo ball coming in. And I think that's probably going to erase a lot of the big differences that you have here, Doug. So the fact that those two guys on the floor, share such a good chemistry with one another. It's undeniable. Those guys playing together on the floor, it's so much fun to watch. So when you have those guys, I think offensively, yeah, there might, you know, defensively, you're right. Mark Williams probably does help with some of the back cuts that he'll get beat on and you don't have to, you know, protect the rim as much as we talked about. Offensively, LaMelo still should be able to, balance any problems that you might have not finding as much space because we know LaMelo can create space for a lot of dudes. Yeah, but I wonder if there will be some changes because, again, looking back at those stats from 21-22, Miles Bridges averaging 35.5 minutes per game, LaMelo yeah. averaging 32. So there's a three-minute differential there. I would expect that to tilt more in LaMelo Ball's favor than Miles Bridges' favor at this point. And then their points per game were – eerily similar 20.2 for miles bridges we we keep saying you know miles bridges was a leading scorer of that team and while technically yeah while technically true Lamelo ball was sitting there at 20.1 points per game so really negligible difference when you're talking about the averages there so will that will there be more discrepancy there will more of the scoring load land on Lamelo ball or or miles bridges i, I think you probably have to bet LaMelo ball at this point, but having miles there will certainly help them in the scoring department. So yeah, I think you're right. It is an interesting situation in that you will have some noticeable differences that I think will make a big impact on this team's ability to not only compete in the regular season, but if they do happen to kind of fumble their way into a play in, I think, you know, Steve Clifford, Mark Williams, the growth of PJ Washington, the growth of LaMelo Ball, if he can continue that play that we saw in February of last year before the ankle fracture, if all that stuff comes together, then all of a sudden you've got a team that I don't think – I don't know if they can win a play-in game, yeah. but I'm pretty certain they won't get completely blown out and you know nothing will be thrown at uh, young women in the stands afterwards. I don't yeah, think. Well, all right. Hopefully there's yeah. been some growth on his part in that area too. Well, I mean, yeah, and, and hopefully the Hornets don't get blown out. Yes, 100%. Um, plus, there's going to be another difference here, and we'll talk about it. Coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Of course, you have Brandon Miller on the squad now, the number two overall pick. There is a shot chart from Brandon Miller. and Nailed his time it. Nailed and it. Such a tough one. Shot chart is something yeah. famously on this show you have to be careful with. Well shot chart. I went for it again. There is that famous one um, that you messed up on, but there's also one from Brandon Miller coming out of Alabama. What do we make of the shot chart? Man, I'm just getting it right all the time. Let's go to it. Coming up next, Locked on Hornets. This is Locked on Hornets. And which, what, what I have liked to see a few more shards. Sh- shards? No, I would not have. <laughs> I was also shards. I was also <laughs> 
only on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Doug, I know you... Well, yeah, it is classic. It's great. Um, all right, the, context, you- the context from that, by the way, is that this is what David and I were hosting the show. We've been doing this show a long time. We've almost been doing this show, uh, what, it's, we're coming up on year, oh gosh, seven? I mean, this is seven or eight? I mean, we've been I doing took this over in 18, and then you've been be- gone and back again since then. But I came, I came over in like August 18, something like that. Yeah, we started the show, and well, May. we started this particular show, Locked on Hornets, in 2016. We had been doing it since 2013. So, yeah. I mean, in terms of the evolution of this podcast, it's almost been a decade. But anyway, uh, when David and I did that, it was when it was, it was even funnier that I said that because we had just gotten done talking about the fact that the Hornets were doing a promotion with KFC, and it was the hot shot shot chart. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's tough. I forgot about that. I don't even remember that, to be honest. Yeah, it was like a KFC thing, and they would go to the graphic, and then Dale would have to say it. And we were all, and he took his time because he's a professional, he's a pro. But we were always like, man, that's such a landmine of opportunities to say the word shark. The, the 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 FCC is you know hovering their thumb above the button to find you. It, it is they're just waiting for you to mess up. All right, is this a hot shot shot chart from Brandon Miller coming out of Alabama? Oh yeah yeah. Let me uh, let me pull this up. I got so okay. excited about talking about charts. <laughs> you wasn't even uh, the <laughs> yeah. history of chart on this show. I wasn't even ready for this. Uh, Do you go. want more research? Do you want no, me to look I got it. it I got or, it. All okay. right. So this is from Shot Quality on Twitter. Uh, This is the 2023 NBA Draft Prospects Spacing Breakdown. That's tough to say, too. Uh, This is uh, Brandon Miller. We've got uh, Andre Jackson Jr. We've got Victor Wibanyama. We've got Trace Jackson Davis and Jordan Walsh on this chart that shows when they got shots uh, in in college or overseas, where was the average defender distance? So how wide open, essentially, were the shots that they took? And you've got Victor Wembanyama kind of in the middle between contested and open. You've got Jordan Walsh on the far end of very contested shots. And then on the other end is Brandon Miller by a wide margin. His shots at Alabama were wide, wide open. And as this tweet points out, highlighting Alabama's spacing strategies that gave him more room to maneuver. So Walker, when I saw this, my thought was, should we be a little bit worried about this? Because I have a sneaking suspicion that his shots won't be as wide open as he had opportunities at Alabama. No, they absolutely won't. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if worried is the right word, but certainly it's something to take note of because Alabama under Nate Oates, they run a pro style offense, right? It's that's yeah, it's it's funny to use that for the basketball team down in Tuscaloosa. But Nate Oates brings the NBA concepts. And so when people were talking about, well, the floor will open up for Brandon Miller a little bit more once he gets out of the college game, I mean it's actually not true. Like Alabama does a great job at spacing the floor and getting three point shots, free throw attempts, shots at the rim. You know, it's very much predicated on all of those things. And the fact that you had a good team at Alabama outside of Brandon Miller, you did have more NBA draft picks and you had some shooters on that squad. Of course, nobody was better than Brandon Miller, but you had some other guys that could hit from the outside. They had Quinter Lee that shot 
36% from three on almost four attempts per game. They had Sears not shooting very well, 35%, but did so on five attempts. Like he was still somebody that you had to account for. So there is spacing. Brandon Miller, we we saw this on the film. I mean, you saw him take a lot of you know deeper threes, but really just wide open shot attempts. And to Brandon's credit, man, he knocked him down, boy, like mm-hmm. at, at a phenomenal <laughs> rate. I mean, he knocked him down. So it was, uh, I mean, you see him getting those open shots and it's money. So yeah, that that's a nice thing. If he is open in the NBA, we saw it a little bit in summer league. If he is open, you can feel pretty good about him knocking it down, which is half the battle. Yeah, it should make you feel good because he will ha- he will be playing with some guys. I don't know. It, it's just going to depend on whether he's with like a full bench unit, and that full bench unit is probably not going to be as powerful offensively and get him some of the spacing that he may need to knock down these shots. But if he is playing with like a combo, you know, first second unit with Lamelo Ball on the floor, then all of a sudden we 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 profiled Lamelo Ball's ability to drive to the rim. He did it a lot. And when he gets there, he loves to pass it. He loves to draw the defense down, pass it into the corner. If that's Brandon Miller's role next season, guy, this was very similar to Miles Bridges' role when he came into the league. Guy that stands in the corner and everything happens around him and then he's open a lot. And when the ball is passed to him, he knocks it down from the corner. That made Miles Bridges very successful uh, rookie season and gave him something to build on in years to come. You know, if that's his role, then I think this chart should excite you. If Brandon Miller comes in expecting to be, you know, a a number one option offensively or number two option offensively and tries to create a lot for himself and, and tries to go up against some of these NBA defenses, like put his head down and score over them, then I would be a little bit concerned about this because I just haven't seen the evidence you know, at, at Alabama that, that he would be able to do that. Um, so I, I think it's just going to come down to what he, what he feels like his expectations are, what his role in the offense is, and who he's playing with. Yeah, so that'll be another big difference as we talk about some of the differences heading into this season, Brandon Miller's presence on the team. That'll do it for Locked On Hornets. Thanks for oh, making wait, it. You, you no, know, we, can't, we, can't we can't bury the thing in the segment three that I was most proud of. We've got an update on our chickens versus orangutans. Oh, I thought we were doing it tomorrow. All right, that's fine. Go ahead. You know, bring, no, bring no, it we the, can't. This cannot wait. This is too important. Okay, this cannot wait until tomorrow. Bring it to the people. What do you have? We've got an update. So this goes back, if you don't listen to every episode, that's fine. This goes back to a Q&A that Mark Williams did, the, the subject of today's show. He did a light Q&A on Twitter, and, and someone asked him, would you rather fight a chicken Every time you enter your car, or would you rather fight an orangutan once orangutan once a year, but you get a sword every time you have to fight that orangutan? And so I was team Tang because I thought it was orangutan for a long time. I was like, yeah, definitely fight an orangutan once a year. Walker said he would rather fight the chicken every single time he entered his car. And we've got some context here from, or at least some evidence here in my favor from Daniel Castro 3622 on on YouTube saying, orangutan is definitely the better choice. People don't realize that roosters have a three and long spur on their leg that would mess you up in a car. The weapon versus the orangutan is the game changer. Rooster would take your eye with quickness. Thank you, Daniel, for putting some just reason into this argument. And and I think if, look, 
You're either Team Tang or you're Team Cluck, and I think Team Tang has the victory here. Look, here's the thing, man. Like, yeah, for three inch long spurs. I know all about it. I got gotcha. you. Like, oh, that's what you meant there. Three inch. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, three inch long spur on the leg. I think I said three <laughs> in. Three inch long spur on their leg. Yeah, yeah. So that that's fine. You can have your spurs. Uh, that that's totally fine. That chicken spurs are gonna be pretty good this year. Victor Webanyama. You know, I mean. Yeah, one hundred percent. The orangutan is three times as strong as seven times. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Seven times as strong as any human being. That's the orangutan for you. Okay. But is he seven times as strong as a sword? That's the real question because you don't have to fight the orangutan with your hands as long as you can keep hold of that sword. Don't let that sword I mean, I I just think that maybe there's some quickness that you speak with the quickness. Maybe the orangutan can maneuver away. And, And if it gets by you one time, remember, this is happening every year. So you have to get by this thing every single year and losing against an orangutan is death. Okay. Losing against a chicken means you get cut by three inch spurs. All right, fine. I'm sorry. I might go have to get stitches and I'll just ride scooters. You know, I live in uptown Charlotte. I'm cool. Like I don't have to get in the car every day. But especially, I'll ride the now metro. You're letting, now you're letting the chicken change your lifestyle. See, that's the whole yes. thing. The orangutan would yes. not change my lifestyle. The chicken would. Except and it that would you be have death. to fight something every year. That changes your life. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once a Sorry, year. Babe, I got to fight the orangutan today. My but birth- no, your lifestyle is completely normal. My birthday party doesn't change my lifestyle. I have it once a year. It doesn't change my lifestyle. It just happens once a year. See, the thing about the, the chicken is that it would be death by a thousand spurs. Like you're talking about, you you would, you know, th- say it takes your eye. You don't get your eye back the next time you get in your car. You just, now you have to operate your entire life without your eye. I would, re- look, if if the orangutan gets me, it, it's over. Lights out. Well, I don't yeah, have to worry about I, it anymore. There's a lot. Yeah. I don't have to worry about the front office anymore. I don't have to worry <laughs> about not doing anything in free agency, not trading for anyone. It's all over at that point. But the chi- I'm pretty confident that the chicken's not going to get me, but it will make my life considerably more miserable every time that I get into the car. And now I'm understanding why... I might be impacting your life a little bit. I might be making your life a little. The chicken is continuing to be a metaphor for me on this show. Every time you get onto this show, I make your life a little bit more miserable. Yeah, wow. just give me the orangutan. Things are opening up for me. Just give me the orangutan without the sword, and I'll just take whatever <laughs> fate comes my way. All right, that's it. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods. Make your second listen game to game NBA every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on game to game covers every game from across the league with local analysis that only locked on can deliver. Follow game to game on locked on NBA available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Have a great rest of your day. We will be back with you tomorrow. Yeah. And we're going to stay on this story. Team Tang. 